Because strong, stable communities starts with the health of its individuals. Because access to mental health support should be available to everyone. Because recreation helps us become healthier and connect socially. Today on Because Radio, we learn more about the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program during a site visit to the Women's Health Clinic Birth Center. Manitoba Underground Opera launches its new season, Reflections of Ourselves. We visit the Borough of the Glean Museum in Glenborough, Manitoba on a road trip. And this week's Winnipeg Impact Makers Organic Tan empower people in their own skin. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio. We are at episode number 17 this week. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sunny Promolo. Sunny, how are you doing today? It's a little odd being on a Wednesday. I know, really, really different, but hey, let's go with it. Yeah, about the same time. CJ and you have some special programming in store for tomorrow at noon, so uh, we're a day early, but uh, nonetheless, we've got some great stories for you this week. We are going to be learning about the Borough of the Glean Museum on a road trip, uh, the upcoming season for Manitoba Underground Opera, uh, Organic Tan is the Winnipeg Impact Maker this week, and uh, our first story, our foundation feature, focuses on health, wellness, and recreation. The Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program helps youth in philanthropy participants gain experience working with and learning about local charities. Recently, the summer internship program participants went on a site visit to the Women's Health Clinic to learn about the health services they provide across three sites in Winnipeg. And so we'll learn a little bit more about Women's Health Clinic as well as the summer internship program up first here on Because Radio. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on health, wellness, and recreation. Welcome back to Because Radio. Recently, I attended a few of the Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program site visits at the Women's Health Clinic Birth Center and West Broadway Youth Outreach. During the visits, I've spoke to a few interns and mentors about the process. Here's what NAVBRAR Summer Intern and Amy Tuckett McGimsey, Communications Team Leader at the Women's Health Clinic, had to say about the Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program and the impact it has made in the community. I'm here at the Women's Health Center Birth Clinic with Amy Tuckett McGimsey, who is the communications team leader here. Why did you choose to work here? Well, I work at Women's Health Clinic, so I work at all three sites that we have. Um, I formerly worked in healthcare before I went into communications, and um, and it combined my love of feminism as well as my passion for healthcare. And on sort of all those levels, it really came together, and I love my work here. 
So you mentioned there's three different locations. What is the Women's Health Clinic and what services do you provide? Yeah, there is a lot. Um, we're a community health clinic. And we have three different locations. We provide a full spectrum of reproductive health care. So everything from free birth control and counseling, as well as um, abortion care and counseling, to our teen clinic and health services. We also run the Provincial Eating Disorder Recovery and Prevention Program. And we have a lot of workshops that come out of there. We have our Mother's Program, which also focuses on pre and postnatal pregnancy and other parenting programs. We provide um, pre and postnatal services as well as um, birthing services through the birth center. Um, and we also provide counseling and mental health services as well. Why did your organization want to be involved with this SIP program? Well, it was such a good opportunity for us. We, um, as a nonprofit organization and a charitable organization, we are in constant need of funds and help, really. We have, we depend on volunteers, volunteers are the heart, really, of Women's Health Clinic. And so to have uh, NAV, who has come to us through the program, has been so helpful. Um, she's been helping with a bunch of different parts of communications, as well as fundraising and coordinating events for us. It was really a win-win for us. What types of things did you and NAV show the interns today? Uh, NAV really took the lead, which is so great because she's been become really in, immersed in the culture at Women's Health Clinic. Um, so we showed all around the birth center, we showed how busy the birth center is, how all the birthing rooms as well as the spaces that provide uh, community supports, including counseling, pre and postnatal emotional adjustment programs, parenting programs, um, where all the midwives are. And we also have a milk drop site for breast milk. Um, so this is really a, a very busy community space and so now was able to navigate the area and show everybody sort of how busy the birth center is. What do you hope interns learn from their experiences here at the Women's Health Clinic? I think Nav's learned a lot, but she's done so with such eagerness and enthusiasm. So really showing the um, that that healthcare really is uh, includes reproductive health care and that it is a wide spectrum of services that we have here at Women's Health Clinic. And we do try and uh, talk in a language um, and use language that's inclusive and welcoming and non-judgmental. And so giving thought to that and looking at things with a critical lens are things I hope she takes away with her. Why is it important that programs like this exist to yourself? Well, I think that um, that we really are a unique space. Uh, there is a lot of community health clinics and they all have their own specialties. And for us with reproductive health care, um, it's so important to have a place where people can feel like they can come without judgment. So that includes judgment about weight. That includes judgment about, um, about sex, about gender, about any of those things. Um, and so it's so important for people to be able to get good health care and ask questions so that they can make an informed and empowered choice for themselves in healthcare. What is something that you'd like to share with the general public that they may not know about the clinic here? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize the breadth of the programs that we offer here. So when we uh, run the birth center, they're also surprised that we run an abortion clinic. But for us, that fits in with reproductive justice. That's how we see reproductive justice is everything from um, knowing and giving proper information about birth control, um, knowing what your choices are, whether it be whatever you decide if you're pregnant. So if you decide to continue uh, your pregnancy. We have options for that. We have midwifery options. We have prenatal programs. We have 
some of the only free prenatal programs in the city. Um, if you look at ending your pregnancy or terminating your pregnancy, we also have counseling, we have birth control, we have all kinds of options for you. And so I think being able to come into the space and sort of um, have non-judgmental care, whatever you choose, is really important. And unfortunately, it's unique because I think more healthcare providers need to be doing that. Why is it important that the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program exists? Well, I think for us, it just gives us an opportunity to do so much more. Um, in this day and age with healthcare cuts, we have to do more with less. And to be able to have a grant program and have an enthusiastic, competent, and intelligent student come work for us really was such a game changer for us this summer. We were able to do so much more um, and things that we had only dreamed of. And now we have uh, a wonderful student who really made such an impact on our organization. And that was all through the Winnipeg Foundation. So speaking of that student, I know it's kind of awkward with her here in the room, but is there anything that you would like to say to Nav? I think thank you. It has been such a pleasure to work with her. Um, she's been enthusiastic about every single thing she's done, whether it is unloading t-shirts at the downtown farmer's market, or if it's calling people on the phone to thank them for their donation. Um, or fundraising money or sourcing out the, you know, what canopy for the farmer's market. Everything she's really tackled with enthusiasm and integrity. And it's just been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nav, how did you hear about the Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program? Well, I was involved with YIP through three years of my high school, and I heard about it everywhere at conferences, at the inter-school committee meetings, when um, the representative would come over to our cl uh, over to our committee and tell us about its programs. So yeah, just over the three years, I kept hearing about it, and it interested me. I've always been interested in human rights and nonprofit work, but I didn't quite have a focus, and I thought through this maybe. Uh, once the Winnipeg Foundation paired me up with an organization that kind of suited my interests, maybe I would be able to find a better focus. And I thought it would just provide a good foundation for any future pursuits in the similar sector. So what was your experience like here at the Women's Health Clinic? It's been amazing so far. I can't believe that it's already like passing. It's already been a month. Um, I found such great role models here that teach me something new every day. And I sometimes tend to have strong opinions that scare off my friends, but I find here in this workplace, those opinions are actually validated. And just having the conversations and learning from all these people around me who are such great feminists has helped me grow as a person and as a feminist and as an activist. Speaking of growth, what are some of the skills you gain from your SIP experience? So I think I've furthered my communication skills, whether that's, you know, being able to talk to people one-on-one -on -one or emailing them in a formal, informal, whatever kind of way. Um, my leadership skills have improved through um, the farmer's market booth that I host every Thursday in August. So that's something that I've taken on as my own personal project. And I've also learned a lot of like the behind the scenes of event organization. You go to these great events put on by great organizations and all you see is what's in front of you. You don't see the months and months of work and stress and hard, you know, everything that it that went into it. You just held a site visit at the Women's Health Clinic Birth Center for other sippers and mentors in the program. What are some of the things you were excited to share with your fellow sippers about your experience? 
one of the biggest things that I had in mind when I was planning for this visit was that I wanted to, you know, get rid of some of those misconceptions people have about the Women's Health Clinic. I wanted to show them this beautiful birth center that I've fallen in love with since I've started working here and just tell them that Women's Health Clinic is more than what it seems and it really is a necessary service that we provide to people in our community. What were your major takeaways from your entire SIP experience? One of my biggest takeaways, which I don't know, it seems very obvious, but at the time when it hit me, it was insane. People are so selfless in the nonprofit sector, at least the people I've worked with, and I'm sure it's the case for many others out there. People give up their lunches, their weekends to work hard to get these fundraisers and events in line so that they can raise money for their organizations that provides these necessary services to the community. So I think um, just learning and seeing how selfless people can be has been just, you know, mind blowing (laughs) to me. So what will you do now or how will you think differently now that you've had this experience? I think specifically because I was paired with a women's health clinic, I've learned some things that I wouldn't have learned elsewhere. But um, so, for example, everywhere I go, I now see gendered language and I, I have this filter in my mind that, you know, suddenly sees that it's, oh, that thing is gendered and that's wrong. And it wants to improve that. So I think just becoming more accepting and more open to other, you know, types of language and other people. And that has been something that I've really absorbed from this experience. And um, it's also a takeaway that I'll have is I can now acknowledge all the hard work and effort that people put into everything that they do in the nonprofit sector. And I'm sure people work hard everywhere they work. But when you're working in nonprofit, you have to give everything you have and hope that it just works out. So what would you like to say to the people here at the Women's Health Clinic and the Winnipeg Foundation about your experience? Very simply, I'd say thank you. It's it's as hugely and as quickly I can express everything that I have to say, but I've just grown so much as a person, as an activist, and It's been more than I could think. And the Winnipeg Foundation gave me this opportunity and Amy and Natalie and everybody that I work with have given me all these new learning experiences that I'm going to have with me for the rest of my life. Based on our discussion, I'm assuming I already know the answer, but do you plan to stay involved with the charitable sector going forward? Yes, definitely. Um, But now that I've gone through this program, I think I've found a little bit of my focus. Definitely, you know, Uh, reproductive health and gender equity and those things have been close to my heart all my life but now that I've actually worked in the healthcare sector and also with uh, people at the women's health clinic I think this is something that I would like to continue. Why should people volunteer or support nonprofit charitable organizations in our city? We all have something that's close to our heart or because um, and really people just need to find it and that will be their reason. Uh, For me, my why is that I want to just give back to the community that's kind of helped foster me into the person who I am. I can say that I'm proud to be the person I am today and it wouldn't have been possible without the people and the community and the programs and organizations that I've gone through in my life that have helped me. Again, that was Nav Brar and Amy Tuckett McGimsey on the Women's Health Clinic and the Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program. 
The Winnipeg Foundation Summer Internship Program provides youth with paid opportunities to intern at a nonprofit organization during the summer. The program helps youth to better understand the sector and provides capacity for nonprofits with hopes of continued involvement in the charitable sector of youth into adulthood. Thanks for staying tuned to Because Radio. Thanks, Sonny. Up next on Because Radio, Manitoba Underground Opera is launching its new season this week and will be joined by General Manager Brendan McKean to learn all about its lineup of unique opera experiences. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I'm now joined by Brendan McKean. He is the General Manager of Manitoba Underground Opera. Brendan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, I'm happy to be back. We had you on the show last year to talk about Manitoba Underground Opera, but for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Manitoba Underground Opera, give us a bit of an introduction to your organization. I'd love to. We do opera in weird places in different ways. That is the shortest way of saying it. We kind of take interesting Winnipeg venues, put a show in them, make it so that it's very tailored to what the venue is. For example, this year we are doing a show in the Broadway Neighborhood Center in the gymnasium. And so that show is set as if it was in high school. So you'll be transported back in time and hopefully that was a good time for you. All right, so we'll learn a little bit more about this season, but just in a general sense, I'm wondering if you can tell me why should people who have never before seen an opera performance, or it's maybe never come up as something that might interest them, why should they take a chance on opera? Oh, yes, you definitely should. I like to think of opera as basically this combination between music and theater. So theater, you watch, you're moved emotionally. Then you have the music aspect on top of it. And opera is one of those things where it's it's all natural, it's all loud, it's all in your face. It is like emotions and feelings being thrown at you, just kind of taking over your body. And it really just kind of, I find it to be a deeper and heavier sort of impact versus if you just saw theater or you just saw like a concert on its own. It's kind of a perfect pair. And that combined with the interesting venues that you choose every year, it really makes the experience quite immersive, very different from going to maybe a traditional um, music or a theater show where you're sitting kind of in a designated audience seating area. The Manitoba Underground Opera performances kind of throw you right into the action. Um, why is that such an important key element to the shows that you produce? Well, we like to kind of transport our audiences completely into the world that it is. Um, You're in the gymnasium. You're not watching a gymnasium on stage. You have to walk in. You have to walk over all the lines painted on the ground. And then because we do these weird spaces, we put you a lot closer to the action on stage. I would say if you're in the front row, there's a good chance you're only two feet away from performers sometimes. If they're moving right in front of you, two feet. You could reach out and touch them. We encourage you not to. Let them finish the performance first. Earlier this spring, uh, you had the chance to take part in the Winnipeg Foundation's Fast Pitch and share the story of Manitoba Underground Opera. Tell us a little bit about your your Fast Pitch experience. What, What were some of the highlights for you from taking part? I loved Fast Pitch. I could talk for days about how wonderful and perfect it was for us. I had two wonderful coaches, 
who have such a passion for the arts and aren't artists themselves. And it was really wonderful to get to talk about what we do and why we do it to people who, you know, didn't go to university and didn't study it for eight years sort of thing. Um, one of my coaches specifically said to me, which was just almost a life-changing moment, sometimes when we feel like society is moving backwards, it is art's job to pull it forward. And that I feel like really locked in how I feel about the season of shows we're doing this year. It is all very socially focused. We're talking about issues that affect different people uh, for different walks of life, things that can be similar no matter uh, what your situation is. Um, and we're here to help make the world a better place, pull it forward. You kind of get that sense from the theme of this season, which is called Reflections of Ourselves. Reflections of Ourselves really came from bits and pieces of topics we wanted to talk about. Um, things that affect all of us, things that we've all experienced. And then we take opera, which makes it bigger, which makes it in your face, and just kind of presents the issue in a way that you, you don't necessarily get if you're going to watch TV. There's all that distance. But this is like, you're going to watch somebody get bullied very close to you and see the circumstances that surround before and after, and it will be really quite powerful. We believe. So the first show that's taking place is Dido Aeneas. Dido Vertical Line Aeneas. There's a show written a long time ago called Dido and Aeneas. Um, it's by Purcell. Quite a while. And we're pairing that with a Canadian composition from 2007 called Aeneas and Dido. And so we didn't want to call the show Dido and Aeneas and Aeneas and Dido because that would be painful to say over and over again. Hence, we landed on Dido, Vertical Line, Aeneas. And um, that's our show at the Broadway Neighborhood Center. And it's talking about high school bullying. And what's, I think, really fascinating about it, I hope, I hope listeners out there are able to make it, we've taken the audience and we've surrounded the performers completely, all sides. And there are only three rows, so you're right in there. And the whole story is kind of about how Dido and Aeneas, these ancient Roman and Carthage characters, they fell in love, but Aeneas was pressured to leave. And unfortunately, it, it does end tragically, but we thought it really paralleled high school bullying in terms of Dido is being bullied by these sets of characters who want to break up the romance. And then Aeneas on the other side is being pressured to not be in love, but to go on and fulfill his duty opera can be in many languages that opera is entirely in english the next day on august 17th and there's of course several performances taking place afterward but the next one coming up will be the triumph of truth and time and that's one that you adapted tell us a little bit about what people can expect at that show at creatory gallery yes that one is my baby my personal baby creatory gallery is not huge so there's only 40 seats available for each performance you are very close to the performers and it tells the story about a character named beauty and she has to choose between pleasure who is always enticing her or the characters of truth and time who walk in and convince her that life should be more about bigger purposes instead of just 
oh, I'm just going to live in my pleasure zone all the, the time and, and not really accomplish anything for the greater good. So I like to think of it as you're going to show up and in that hour and a half, a little over an hour and a half, I think, we have to save Beauty's soul to get her to think about altruism, be part of society, and not just be a bit selfish. It is Handel, but I think it's going to be, for those of you out there that are familiar with Handel, I think it will be Handel like you've never seen and heard it before. The whole goal is to really push emotionally in what we can accomplish with that music. And then the next day on August 18th with another performance on the 21st, and uh, it's taking place at La Cathedral de Saint-Boniface, is called Lost Voices. And I understand that that performance takes people through a variety of topics and, and kind of takes people throughout the cathedral itself. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, that is our quote-unquote experimental show where we're trying to do things really different. Uh, audiences will show up. They'll be guided to the basement. There'll be a little bit of a sit before it starts. And then in small groups of 20, audiences will be taken upstairs to the lobby, outside, around the cathedral, back down in small side rooms. And there's six performers in total. It's part of what my artistic director, Brenna Corner, and the director of the show, Sawyer Craig, they wanted to create. It's very much about how some characters or some, well, a lot of women in history have had their voices taken away or their voices ignored or not remembered. And so I wanted to take a step back and say, how would you two, as modern women with different experiences in this continent, what would you like to say about this? So it's the show that I can speak vaguely about, knowing that They've really put so much thought in crafting it and telling these stories as people are going through these different venues and hearing six amazing performers. But it's something that I definitely didn't have a hand in going, oh no, don't do that. It's tell your story how you want it to be told. Please feel empowered. So all three performances sound like incredible experiences. There's also events that are taking place during the day. Manitoba Underground Opera has been out in the community throughout the summer. The events that take place at the Farmer's Market uh, and then a performance happening at City Place. Tell us a little bit about some of these free events that you're participating in. Yeah, we are so excited that um, our company has been constantly growing. And, and one of the things we've always wanted to accomplish is opera is not necessarily something people think is approachable. And so we're taking it to the streets. We're putting it in the downtown farmer's market, uh, the Amsterdam Tea Room, which has already happened, City Place Noon Hour, saying, come listen to it. See what it's like out in a comfortable environment where actually this is the second day in a row we've been right beside a crepe tent at the downtown farmer's market. So those smell delicious. And then people can make their own decisions. It's like movies. Not every movie is something you absolutely love. So opera may be something you don't, but give it a try. See what these supernatural humans can do with no microphone and just the amount of sound they can make. The most beautiful yelling. And then beyond those things, we even have our Opera for Children tour, which ends August 23rd. And that's going to libraries, Winnipeg, uh, surrounding area. We're leaving the city seven times. It's That's all for free. And that's a way to say, Maybe you have a 5 to 12 year old that you need to do something with because it's the summer. 
come see that. There's a free too. And that's a great way to get an introduction to opera and right. get a bit of a sneak peek at what uh, Manitoba Underground Opera is all about. Yeah, and everything we're doing is so different. So there's something for everyone, I believe. Absolutely. So if any of our listeners would like to get more information on Manitoba Underground Opera, the current season, uh, or if they'd like to purchase tickets to any of the performances, they kind of range in between August 16th to the 24th for the main shows of the season. Where can people get more information or go to purchase tickets? Fantastic. On our fabulous website, uh, manitobaundergroundopera.com. The full name written all out just like that. Awesome. Brendan McKean is the general manager of Manitoba Underground Opera. Brendan, thank you again so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. I hope to see you next year. Up next, the Because Radio road trip heads south from Highway 6 and travels west on Highway 2 as we visit the Borough of the Glean Museum in Glenborough, Manitoba. Welcome to the Because Radio Road Trip. Today we're visiting the Borough of the Glean Museum in Glenborough, Manitoba. Let's go! I'm Jeremy Brantz. I'm here at Borough of the Glean Museum with Myrtle, who's president of the board here in uh, Glenborough, Manitoba. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. So let's start off uh, very general, a very high level. Tell our listeners what is Borough of the Glean Museum. The Borough of the Glean Museum is a museum that was established back in 2000 to preserve the um, local artifacts, and we really want to stress the importance of the um, preserving the items that were um, contributed to the development of Glenborough and area, because we're Glenborough and the uh, municipality of Glenborough, South Cyprus. And I want to ask you, like, in your words, in your own opinion, what is the importance of that preservation of historic artifacts and preserving culture? I think probably it really um, hit home to me when when we do the um, tours for the school children. Uh, they come in and they're just absolutely amazed that their grandparents or their great-grandparents actually came here and this is how what, how they established their homes and and I know when I was growing up, I wasn't at all interested. But now as I age, I'm finding that, you know, it's so important because people don't realize just what our ancestors, what they went through in order to, to you know, develop the community that we live in now. I understand there's a, a story behind the name Borough of the Glean. Of course, it's a play on words of, on the town Glenborough. But uh, what's that story there? Well, the uh, the two founders of Glenborough, um, Christy and and uh, and Mooney, not Mooney, doesn't sound right. Mo- uh, anyway, Christy was one of them. They were Scotch ancestors, and so um, Borough is in Scot is a a small community, and a Glen is um, a derivative of Glenborough, and so they they couldn't decide what to end up calling the name. Borough the Glean seemed too long, so they shortened it to Glenborough. But we thought for the museum, we should go back to the original, the Borough of the Glean. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. That uh, is in line with preserving those initial roots. Uh, we're sitting in the in the building right now that the museum is in, uh, and there's a bit of a, a story there with the building. Can you tell us uh, what it used to be and how you repurposed it? Okay, the building was built, and I'm not just exactly sure, but a number of years ago, and it was built for the to be a school division office. And then the school division, it was, I think at that time, Tiger Hills, and now it's it's changed, I think, a couple of times, actually, and is re- relocated from Glenborough. And so the building was then uh, sold for a dollar to the municipality and um, has been since then uh, established. The museum was established in, in, in it in 2000. Right when you walk into the museum, you see the uh, the general store set up uh, to mimic what the the classic rural Manitoba general store would look like. Um, can you explain like what what function the general store would would serve uh, to the community back then? Well, back then it was everything. Um, you would go to the general store for uh, for food. You would go for hardware items. You would go usually sometimes to have ice cream, to have um, to buy candies. Often in the general store, and we don't have this right now, but there used to be um, big jars of different candies that you get for a penny, uh, which is you know <laughs> amazing in this day and age. But um, or you could go and get your mail was frequently in there as well. So it was it was as it said a general store. You just went to it for everything. It sounds convenient. Now you got to go all over the place to get, you know, one place for your glasses and another place for your ice cream. But back then, you could do glasses and ice cream in one day. <laughs> one stop. We, uh, you were, we're lucky enough you were able to give us uh, a tour, show us around some of the artifacts. If you had to pick some, some, fa- some personal favorites of yours, what are some artifacts you'd like to highlight for our listeners? I think the whole setup in the in the the living quarters, the dining room and the parlor, um, with the focus on on the musical instruments because of no TV, no computers, and um, just how the how they um, manage to to um, amuse themselves and to you know be entertained. So I think that's probably my one of my favorites. Another thing, uh, an interesting thing that you do here is you have a room dedicated for special events. Uh, tell us what's going on in that room right now. It's it's always timely. Okay, that one, we set that one up every year, a different one. And this year, because of D-Day, the significance of D-Day, we decided that we should have a military display. And we did have, um, as most communities throughout Manitoba, we had a lot of people that um, volunteered and joined the, the forces and serve time overseas and uh, so we have their uniforms we have um, significant you know artifacts that they brought back with them or that they used during that period both in world war one and world war two so um, it means a lot to the community to walk in and see their uh, grandparents uniform or um, know that that was their father's or like one of our volunteers, as I was saying to you, her aunt uh, served in the in the military, and so it's her uniform that's there. And there's a picture of her up on the wall with the, her her I guess with her um, unit, and um, she can point out that that's my aunt. You know, so it means a lot. You uh, you had mentioned that Glenborough started as a farming town and very much still is a farming town. Tell us about the agricultural uh, exhibit that you guys have going on. Well, it goes back to when they first came, and most of it was horsepower. 
and uh, so there's a lot of um, you know harness that type of thing and some of the the equipment that they used at that time many much of it or some of it are they're handmade what they made do with um, there are you know the the different equipment that they used for for cutting hay the uh, the old style scythe which um, you show that to students and they just cannot believe it. No lawnmowers <laughs> or, or uh, lawn, you know, um, mowers. Anyway, so like it's, um, I think probably we really focused in on, on things that they used a long, long time ago and that, you know, you now may never, never see it again. So, and they've all been donated by, by people in the community. The local community foundation here, Glenboro and Area Community Foundation, you work with you work with that foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about what that relationship is like? Well, for one thing, I'm on their board. <laughs> so, but no, last last year when the government and the Winnipeg Foundation started the Heritage Trust Fund, uh, we applied last fall, and our association, um, I mean, our foundation here was very supportive, as was the municipality. And so we set up a, um, a tri a partnership with the municipality, our Glenboro Foundation, and the Winnipeg Foundation, and um, have established our heritage fund. And uh, so that will be going forward is just going to be marvelous to have that endowment fund and have those those funds available to us every year because we we struggle for for funds. We have like in the summer we do. Um, hamburger days it's too bad you weren't here on Thursday because we're having a hamburger day and we barbecue hamburgers and hot dogs and that's one of our major fundraisers and then um, we have different functions we had a yard sale back in the spring because um, that you you need money even though we don't need a lot because we make do um, but you know to have that ongoing fund coming from the Glenboro Foundation once it turns over to the foundation will be just marvelous so lastly, if uh, there are any details you want to provide to the listeners, if they want to learn more, where the museum is, how they can get in contact, where they can find details, what should they do? Okay, well, we do have a website as well. We're on the Glenboro website, so if they go to that, uh, glenboro.com, then they can find the mu- museum information there. But we also, and we have our contact numbers on there. And then uh, during the year, like we're open during the summer till the end of August, and then after that, if people wish to have a, a tour or to have more information, have information, they want to come and check on family information or whatever, or see specific artifacts, then um, they can contact us and we will make arrangements for that. And um, we, when we are closed, we have a sign at the front as you come in the entranceway because the building is always open. Then, uh, not always, but during the day, um, then we have a sign posted with our board ma- names and numbers so that they can easily access us. So, Well, Myrtle, thank you so much for talking to me today. This is great. I got a crash course in Glenboro, Manitoba history that uh, I didn't know I needed. <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, you know what? There's always lots of information in all the communities across Manitoba if you just take time to learn about them. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Because Radio Road Trip. We'll see you next week, same time, different place.
Thanks, Jeremy. Up next, I've been highlighting impact makers in our community as part of our Winnipeg Impact Maker segment. This week's Winnipeg Impact Maker is Organic 10, a natural airbrush studio empowering people in their own skin. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Pomolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with Shauna Shimnowski, owner of Organic Tan, located on Provence Boulevard. Thanks for coming on Because Radio. Thank you for having me. To get started, can you tell us a little bit about Organic Tan and what types of services you offer? Sure. So we are a natural airbrush company. So um, mostly we're known for our airbrush tan. So we use all natural and organic ingredients. So it's quite different. Um, We specialize in a little bit different process of when you come in. So we like to make it known that it's more about a skin treatment. Our process is very different and the bonus is that you're gonna get a tan out of it. So all the ingredients serve a purpose for your skin. There's no fillers, no chemicals, no added dyes and nothing like that. So it's all good, healthy ingredients for you. And then we also have um, natural teeth whitening um, when we sell a bunch of retail products, some coffee, teas, um, things that we have connected with other women entrepreneurs across Canada. couple from the states but mostly all local in Canada. It's clearly not just your typical tanning studio. You definitely focus on well-being and local products and speaking of the different types of products can you talk about that a little bit? What types of products can people expect to see when they come in here? So we have a whole skincare line so we have body washes, we have body lotion, tan extenders, coconut oil, um, all the natural teeth products so right from a smile prep toothpaste mouthwash take-home kits so we have a wide range of products that are going to enhance your um, tanning experience as well and aid in prolonging the life of your tan and just again practicing natural skin care you have a campaign called the everybody campaign what is that all about So the Everybody campaign, we did that back in December. It really started with our sister location in Pemina Valley. So that's in the Winkler-Morton area. So Haley over there, we've had many conversations about what we experience as the airbrush artist in the tent. So when women and men are coming in, they are in a very vulnerable position as they're standing sometimes nude in front of a stranger in just minutes. And we have very many conversations in that tent. And a lot of them had to do with everyone apologizing for their body. So often it was, I'm, you know, don't look at my stretch marks don't look at my unpainted nails so like from one extreme to the next um and we're wanted to just send the message that we're here not to judge anybody we're women too we all have some insecurities and we want everyone to feel natural and comfortable and happy um so she had started back in their hometown winkler the campaign which is more just promoting let's not have any negativity happening in that tent we're going to promote good things about our bodies so um they went ahead and did their theirs and then we started ours we looked did a model call so looking for women that um, maybe are struggling with something um so we've had women that are overcoming cancer 
who have lost children, who have um, put themselves in remission um, from Crohn's disease, who is now an advocate for other women. So we have a wide range of women that wanted to share their story and have it be heard, but also um, to give back to them in a, in a way that they spent a day feeling good about themselves. So we had hair and makeup done for them. We spent a night together of sharing all our stories. There was lots of tears, um, lots of laughs. Um, they had a day of just kind of being pampered. I took limo over to America Home. Um, so we were at the lottery house shooting there. Then photo art film was involved doing the pictures. We had hair and makeup done. It was like an incredible day just spent feeling good about themselves. There was no complaining and we just want to carry that through always that that is what we're about. That it's a no judgment zone and we want everyone to feel comfortable and we just want to spray you with some confidence. That's truly incredible. Speaking of those women or men for that matter, do you have any stories that you'd like to share about somebody that you met through this whole process and how the Everybody campaign has changed their lives in a way? Well, the first person actually that comes to mind right away is Helene. And there is just something, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love all these women. We still remain close, actually. We talk on a regular basis. We've developed some very deep connections and deep friendships that I'm very, very thankful for. Um, Helene just sticks out in my mind um, because I think she's someone that everyone can really relate to. Just every day sort of struggles about body image, becoming a mom, um, you know, the things that our bodies go through after we have that child and what our expectations are and what we think we're supposed to look like. She's just got a real great, amazing personality. I've just seen her grown so much through the campaign. I even get teary-eyed when I think about her and talk about her because she is constantly making improvements to herself now just because you want to be the best version of you doesn't mean you weren't already amazing she was already amazing but the things that I'm seeing her do now I just feel like she's just got this huge burst of confidence with everything that she does now she is making changes she's doing a competition the things that she you know what just the things that she is thankful for daily. She is constantly stopping by, tagging us and things and, and reminding of us how we've changed her life. And I feel like she's changed ours just by coming in. So um, she's just one person that everyone should definitely check out. And she's just a spitfire. That's so cool. And as you mentioned, this is just one of those stories. To find more stories, uh, you can definitely check out social media. What can people expect to see when they go on your social media? definitely the power of social media it can be amazing and we want to use our platform to sort of get those stories out so um, again we are kind of every once in a while you'll see some new stories pop out um, but you do have to go back a little bit back in December is when we started it so there are stories that were shared on all of the women so you can definitely take it back then and have a read there. We will be having uh, another campaign coming up. Also, if you go ahead and head over to the Everybody campaign, they have their own page now that is sharing stories from Pembina Valley, from Morden. So Saskatoon also just went and had theirs last week. So we're really trying to create a movement that is going across Canada. And we're hoping that all the Sun of Tan locations um, that are involved with Organic Tan can be involved 
for such a great cause because we're all go through those things when we are meeting you know our clients every day for those that are looking to learn more about organic tan your products your services or even just about the everybody campaign aside from social media where can people learn more about you so you can head over to our website so organictanwinnipeg.ca or you can come by the studio we have coffee and treats out usually we've just done um, a bit of a makeover so we have a little studio where you can come have a seat hang out with us, chat for a bit. We love when people just come by and visit. We're not just here just to spray tan you. You want to come out, hang out, um, you know, have lunch with us. We love that. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we go? That um, please do watch our social media soon because we are going to be doing a, another model call. Um, so not just women, but men can be involved with this one as well. We're hoping to um, narrow down a date come up in September. Um, so if there are any other businesses out there that are listening and want to get involved, um, please reach out to myself through um, the website or social media. Give us a call. Definitely love to have you know some other new um, businesses on board to help promote and support and it's just a real great um, collaboration of small businesses in Winnipeg that can get together and support each other Um, so it's definitely um, an overwhelming experience when you get to meet all these um, women who have overcome these crazy obstacles that nobody knows about Um, and it's just you know I'd really like to just give them another avenue to get their story out like I said there's some cancer survivors some women who have lost children and have gone on now to bring a support group to Winnipeg that is in need until you go through something like that you don't really know that it's out there and that it's available to you thank you again to Shauna for sharing her story of impact If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, message us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sunny Promolo, and you are listening to Because Radio. That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, or you can email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sunny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back to our regular day and time on Thursday at noon next week. Have a great weekend.